I want to take your attention through much prayer, much consideration of this service. When a church spends 52 days of prayer every night and a man asks you to come and preach the final night, you do not take that lightly. So I put time in it. I put prayer in it. More prayer than study time. But, but I feel like the Holy Ghost has got a word for you, for us. So if you turn with me tonight to the book of Acts chapter 12. Can I take, can I take this off? I'm just an old country boy, so I'm not, I'm not used to working with my coat on. So uh, we're going to believe God for a touch. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, Peter... He put him in prison and delivered him to four quantarians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer, everybody say, but prayer, was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he was or thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. This is what the Holy Ghost told me to preach to you. The power of an unceasing prayer. The power of an unceasing prayer. Can you lift your hands right now? Let's thank the
Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. The book of Acts is about the ascension of Jesus Christ. The book of Acts is about the descension of the Holy Ghost. And the book of Acts is about the extension of the church. God sent us his power to extend himself in this world through his church. The book of Acts is about breakthroughs. And it's about breakouts. The book of Acts is the book of actions of the apostles. The book of Acts tells us that there's no power able to keep people or the church out. And there's no power to hold the church in. The book of Acts is about growth. And it's about revival. In spite of. In spite of adversity. In spite of devils and demons, in spite of sicknesses, in spite of opinions and reasonings of people, the book of Acts is about revival and about growth. The book of Acts speaks of an unbridled spirit. It tells us that there is a message that we need to ad adhere to, a plan of salvation, a way to live. But when it comes to worship and living for God, we are unbridled. Which simply means hell cannot contain us. Hell cannot restrain us. And it was about the time when people in Judea needed help financially. There was a dearth or a famine in the land. Now I'm going to be slow taking off, but when we get there, you're going to know it. But there was a dearth in the land, and when the church decided they were going to give to that, that's when it seemed like hell rose up against the church of the living God. They had stoned Peter, Stephen. They had killed James. And now Herod, trying to destroy and vex the church with oppression, with depression, with suppression, he, that's how he wants to fight a church. He wants to depress you. He wants to distress you. He wants to suppress you. And somehow or another, there's got to be a breakthrough through all that. Because the Bible said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Herod stretched forth his hand. He was going to take now Peter. He'd killed Stephen. He'd killed James. And now he was going to take Peter. Peter was the prized preacher of Pentecost. Peter was the disciple of Revelation. Peter was the impetuous one. Didn't know what Peter was going to do from one minute to the next. He was a wild spirit. Peter was the face of the church, though. When you see the church, everybody talked about Peter. When they would look at the people of God walking down the street, they'd say, you know what? They came in under Peter's ministry. So Herod thought, if I can take hold of Peter, I can vex the church of the living God. I can depress them, oppress them, suppress them. I could take away their fight. I could take away their joy, their spirit, if I can just imprison and kill 
Peter. I've killed Stephen. I've killed James. Now I want to kill Peter. I want to remove any kind of hope, any kind of faith they would have in the message that was preached at Pentecost. And the message of Pentecost is still being fought today because the devil knows the message of Pentecost is still the only message that saves people. Acts, Acts 2.38 is still the message. There is no other message. Somebody said there's 40 ways to get to Chicago, but baby, we're not going to Chicago. We're going to heaven. And there's only one way to heaven. There's one Lord, there's one faith, and there's one baptism. There's one God, and his name is Jesus. And I'm glad for the revelation of that one God. And the devils believe in one God, and they tremble. And we are people of that revelation. So you're the biggest fear that hell's ever had is right in this church right here. So he wants to hinder. He wants to fight. He wants to take your worship. He wants to take your joy. He wants to take your prayer life. He wants to take all of that, all of that. He wants to remove it. He thought he could do it by taking Peter. He apprehended him. He put him in a prison. Sixteen soldiers guarded him around the clock. At one time, the Bible speaks of Peter and Paul, rather, Paul witnessing to people when he was in jail that they had to change the guard out every 15 minutes because he would convert them so quickly. That's what I'm talking about. The harder hell fights, the stronger the church is going to get. The more resistance that hell gives, the more force the church implodes upon. There is a power that's in this church that hell cannot touch. Hell cannot fight against. The Bible tells us that we have power in God, power with God, and God's power lives with us. So Peter was kept in that prison, and the Bible said that prayer, but, but prayer. Everybody say, but prayer. But prayer, there's the clause there. We've got imprisonment, we've got problems, we've got an adversary, but God says, but you've got prayer. You've got prayer. They may have lies and they may have manipulation and they may have weapons and they may have torture instruments, but you've got prayer. You've got prayer. The city may be carnal, the world may be worldly, the devil may be liar, but you've got prayer. You've got prayer. The government may may be corrupt. The world may be sinful, but you've got prayer. Your flesh may be crazy. Your flesh may be out of control, but you've got prayer. Did anybody hear me say that? You've got prayer. We don't need a gun. We don't need a war. We don't need a, a battle armor. All we need is prayer. Prayer will get you through the hardest times. Prayer will take you over the roughest mountain. Prayer will see you through the deepest valley. Prayer will see you through cancer, heart condition, blood disorder. Prayer will see you through it. Prayer will bring you out of depression. Prayer will bring you out of suppression. Prayer's going to do it. You don't need to whine. You don't need to back up. You don't need to shut up. You don't need to let up. You need to pray. There's power in unceasing prayer. 
You keep praying, the devil will back off. You keep praying, your sickness will disappear. You keep praying, God's going to give you victory when it seems like sudden defeat is upon you. You keep praying, you're going to see the miraculous of God walk into this situation and do the miraculous among his people. Prayer. Prayer. But prayer was made of the church without ceasing. Prayer was made without ceasing. Prayer was made without ceasing. It was an answer to unceasing prayer. Peter's deliverance was. God says, I'm going to liberate Peter, but this is going to be an answer to your prayer. I want to to show you something. God allowed Stephen to die. And he allowed James to die. But when it came to Peter, he stopped the demise of Peter. He thwarted the plans of Satan for Peter's life. Thus, God is saying this. I have control over anything hell does. But when he allowed Stephen to die and he allowed James to die, he knew that something would click in his church. He was trying to do something within his church to let them to know you can't let another man of God die. And they felt that fervor and they felt that zeal. So when Herod reached out to take hold of him, the church said enough is enough. We're not going any farther. Enough is enough. So God is able to stop the plans of hell. Even the night before Peter is to be die, is to be killed, God stops the plans of hell. When you pray, when you seek the face of God in an unceasing manner, you thwart the plans of hell. Hell had plans to destroy your family, but you prayed. Hell had plans to destroy your kids. And even today, some of your backslidden children, man, you think, will they ever come in? I'm going to tell you something. The lies of hell says they won't, but prayer says they will. Unceasing prayer. Unceasing prayer is a dependence upon God. It's not about my flesh. It's not about my wisdom. It's not about my power to reason. But when I pray without ceasing, continually, prayer is on my mind, continually, I am telling God I am solely and completely dedicated and committed to you and dependent upon you. I can't live one moment without him. I can't go one day without Jesus. I can't go through one trial without Jesus. But I need him. I need him. One thing that magnified Peter's deliverance was the fact that prayer was in the forefront. Prayer did it. A spiritual battle. Everybody say a spiritual battle. You think you've been fighting people. You're not fighting people. You're fighting spirits. You think you're fighting the government or the president or whatever. You're not fighting the government or the president. You're fighting spirits. And you can't overcome, you can't overcome what we're going through right now by cursing the president, talking bad about the world. No, sir, the only way you overcome it's through prayer. You got to make up your mind. You're going to be a praying people in this last day and continually praying people. Prayer without ceasing. There's power in that.
The second thing you need to understand tonight is this. Ephesians 6.18 says praying always. When you're in a spiritual battle, you take the helmet of salvation. You take the shield of faith. You take the breastplate of righteousness. You got your loins girt about with truth. You got on the, you got on the sandals of truth. You are, you are going to battle. But he said when you got all that going on, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. And then he says this. But don't forget to pray always. Don't forget to pray always. The helmet ain't going to do you no good if you're not going to pray. The breastplate ain't going to do you no good if you're not going to pray. Because the true power of victory lies in unceasing prayer. The devil hates a praying church. He hates a praying church. He hates a persistently praying church. He hates a church that goes through 50 days every night of coming to church. He despises that. I don't know if you ever stopped to think about what goes on in hell the 52 days that you came to this church. I think the first night the devil probably told his imps, well, they're not going to keep it up. They may last a day or two. The fifth night, he probably told them he had to comfort those demons. He said, you know what? Just hold out. They'll stop. But when you complete it, you're unsealed praying walls came down deliverances came forth healings came out I want to tell somebody it ain't time for you to quit it's time for you to keep going Be seated. Sit down. I can't sit down. Just got religion and I can't sit down. <laughs> sit down. Can't sit down. Just got religion and I can't sit down. The devil says sit down. Can't sit down. I just got deliverance and I can't sit down. Sit down. Can't sit down. God just saved my children and I can't sit down. Oh, I feel that wild spirit coming in this house. This kind of spirit only comes by prayer and fasting. I really want to preach this. Stephen's dead. James is dead. And he's wanting to kill Peter. Something got in that church that they said, you know what, we're not going to give up Peter. You know, when David went, when David was a shepherd on the backside of a hill, a lion roared out against the lamb. And David was close enough to that lamb, some people say, that he had to break that lamb's foot, hold him because he kept running off. After six weeks, he puts him on the ground. The little lamb runs around his feet and don't leave him. Because correction is never meant to separate you from the man of God. It's meant to bring you closer. So when the lion roared out and took the lamb, David was close enough to the lamb to pull, the, to the lamb to pull him out of the mouth of the lion and save him. When a bear roared out against that lamb, 
or maybe another lamb. David was close enough to the lamb to pull him out of the bear's mouth and save him and kill the bear and kill the lion. So David goes to Saul's house on the verge of fighting Goliath, an uncircumcised Philistine. Saul says, so you're going to fight Goliath? He says, yes. He gives him his helmet, and the helmet's too big. He gives him his sword, and his sword's too big. And he gives him his shield, and his armor's too heavy. And David said, just let me go like I'm used to fighting. Let me do it my way. I'm going to take a sling with me. I'm going to take a a pouch of stones with me. And uh, let me fight this giant my way. And, and Saul probably said, now this is in my sanctified imagination. Paul pro- Saul, pro- Saul probably said, well, David, how in the world do you think you're going to do this? What do you mean you're going to fight this Goliath without any weapons of any sort and of any, of any integrity? And David said, well, I remember being on the backside of a desert one time. And I remember a lion roaring out and getting a lamb. And before he could kill it, I grabbed it and pulled it out of its mouth and saved it and killed the lion. And he said, I remember also a time when a bear roared out and took a lamb. And I pulled the lamb out of the bear's mouth and I killed the bear. And uh, I saved it. And, And Saul probably looked at him and said, what in the world are you risking your life for one little lamb for? And David probably spoke up and said, well, I know the nature of my enemy. That if I give him one, he'll want another. If you give him one of your children, he'll take another. If you give him one service and not move, he'll take another. If you give him one prayer meeting and not pray, he'll take another. you got to know the nature of your enemy. And the church picked up on that. He got Stephen and he got James, but he's not going to get Peter. So they prayed without ceasing. We are not going to give him up. The nature of your enemy wants to take your joy. But you give him one moment of your joy, he'll take it all. The devil wants to take your peace. You give him one moment of your peace and he'll take all of your peace. Yeah, I'm telling you, you give him your marriage, a moment of your marriage, he'll take all of your marriage. He'll make you unhappy. He'll make you discontent. He'll make you unsafe. Somebody ought to stand up right now and say, he's getting nothing else. He's getting nothing else. It's going to stop here. 52 days of prayer has told the devil, no more, no more, no more depression, no more oppression. Come on, no more. You're not going to get no more, no more of my joy, no more of my peace. And let me just tell you this, man, one day without revival, he'll take another day of no revival. If you give him one day of no revival, he'll take another day of your revival. If you give him one opportunity of outreach, he'll take another opportunity. There'll always be an excuse. But when you go through unceasing prayer, it gives you the power to say no more. No more. No more dead church, no more dead church, no more stale church, no more being dead in my spirit. No more, no more, no more, no more, no more. Sometimes you got to talk to the devil when you pray. You got to let him know I'm dependent upon God. And because of my dependence upon him, you have no more power over me.
spirit of a Herod's in this house. Oh, yeah. He's talking to people right now. He's putting his grimy hands on your mind. Oh, yeah. He's telling you that you're going to continue on in your depression. Man, I felt this all day about this depression thing. Somebody's fighting that really hard. I can feel it. You don't think you can come out of what you're in? You don't think you'll ever have peace? You don't think you'll ever have joy? Man, I talked to a guy this morning, early this morning on the phone, that two days ago he had a gun in his mouth, about ready to end it all because his wife left him. And I told him, I said, Sean, let me tell you something. You need to quit worrying about that marriage, and you need to start worrying about your soul. You need to start worrying about your soul. You get your soul right, you ain't going to want to take your life. You get right with God, you're not going to, you're going to want to live. I think the Lord's wanting somebody to know tonight, you need to live. There's a work in your spirit. You need to live. I don't know how you're going to do it, but maybe you can leap a little bit or dance a little bit, but somehow there needs to be a message tonight that says, I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Whatever happens is going to have to happen, but I'm going to live. Whatever troubles I got to face, I'll just have to face, but I'm going to live. Why don't you reach over and take your husband or wife's hand? Lift that hand in the air. Why don't you begin to pray for one another? Unceasing prayer. I curse suicide. I curse depression. I curse anxiety. I curse fear right now. I curse it in Jesus' name. Let there be a release of the Holy Ghost that's going to deliver us from the prison of fear. My marriage is not going to die because I can't get over fear. My marriage ain't going to be destroyed because I can't get over distrust. I'm going to believe unceasing prayer brings the power of deliverance. unceasing prayer your dependence is on God not on yourself not on your power not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord unceasing prayer continued in prayer the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much somebody say availeth that word availeth means forces much when you pray, a righteous man prays, man, he becomes a force to be contended with. My, you don't take no for an answer. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I didn't come here to preach to people that are waiting on something. I come here to preach to people that are ready to take something.
an untamed spirit of force. I didn't come on the battlefield to go through the motions and protocol. I come to the battlefield to fight. I'm going to take it by force. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm in the kingdom of God and I know how to pray and I'm going to take something by force. I'm not going to wait for the devil to give it to me. I'm just going to take it. The kingdom of God suffered violence. The violent take it by force. The gates of hell cannot prevail against a praying church. Take it back. Take your joy back. Take your victory back. 52 days is a day of completion. You need to get it all back today. I'm going to get everything back. I'm going to take the spoil of my enemy. I'm not going to just get back what I've lost. I'm going to get back what the enemy has. Won't you lift your voice and lift your hands right now? Why don't you let out the loudest shouts you can let out? You may be here today in the prison. You may be here tonight in a prison of some sort. I can see, I can look, and I can see, and I can tell. Man, there's some people living in so much victory, it's unbelievable. But then there's some that's still struggling. You're still trying to find yourself. Where am I at in all this? You're still fighting with stuff. You're still fighting with the doubt and unbelief and fears. You're still fighting with this kind of stuff. Well, that's, I'm going to preach to you right now. I'm going to talk to you right now. If the devil can take you out, I'll tell you what it will do to this church. Knowing that they prayed 52 days, they'll be hurt. They'll be broken. They'll grieve over you. If the devil takes you out, they'll, they'll, they'll suffer a little bit. But a, a praying church church will recover real quick but if you let the devil have your mind man and you don't let people pray you through that you're going to you're going to be the one suffering this church is always going to recover this church is what I'm trying to tell you tonight is this you need to make up your mind I'm not going to leave here until I got deliverance This is the day that the Lord hath made. Hell ain't made this day. The devil hasn't originated this day. The Lord has made this day. And it's a day of resurrection. And it's a day of deliverance. And it's a day of power. So here you are, you're in this prison. This church don't want to lose one soul. Not one. Not one soul. This church don't want to lose one soul. This church don't want to see nobody live in depression. This church don't want to see nobody live in sin. So you're in the presence of a church that knows how to pray without ceasing. And there's power in the prayers of of unceasing. There's a power that comes with that. You ought to thank God, first of all, for the church. The church is your lifeline. The church is your lifeline. You can be seated. 
You can be seated in Jesus' name. I need you to sit right there on that floor. Now, I know this don't sound real spiritual, but it's going to be spiritual. You cannot command angels. Anybody tells you they command angels to come to their house, they're liars. Only God has the charge of angels. But you have the charge of God when you pray. I'm going to show you the power of unceasing prayers. When a church is praying 52 days, especially according to this church, and continue on and on and on. You can say we've prayed 52 days, but I got a feeling it's going to be day after day after day after day. So to those that are bound here, to those that are fighting spirits of sin, sickness, disease, whatever, man, you feel like the devil's put you in a prison. But the thing is, you've got hope because you're in a church. A church that knows how to pray. A church that knows how to break through. A church that knows how to complete their prayers in God. So the Bible said when Peter was put in the prison, two guards, two chains in a dark prison, the Bible said that the Lord heard the prayers of the people because they prayed without ceasing. Every time he tuned his ear into the disciples, he heard them praying. Three o'clock in the morning, they were praying. Four o'clock in the morning, they were praying. God, we're not going to let them have Peter. God, we're praying for the deliverance of Peter. Finally, the Lord said, Angel, I want you to go down into that prison. And I want you to begin to work out a deliverance. I want you to know tonight, because this church has prayed, there's angels that are encamped about this place, ready to give you the gifts that the Lord has spoken to you of. He has promised you things that's going to come to pass. Even this night, yea, I say unto thee, they will come to pass. You need to thank him for that. Believe in that. You've asked him for it. Now believe him for it. You believed in the miraculous. Now it's time to experience the miraculous. In that dark cell, man, depression, darkness, depression. Man, when you're in prison and there's no lights, that's depression. But Peter wasn't depressed. Man, if I die in this thing, then glory to God. If he delivers me, glory to God. But I'm just going to get a little bit of sleep here. It ain't no use in you worrying about what's going on around you. All you got to trust is the prayers of a people. Trust the prayers of an apostolic church that are unceasing. And the angel came out of nowhere. And he came into that dark prison. And he... Somebody needs to be smitten tonight. You need to be smitten by an angel. You need to be woken up. Your spirit's been sleeping. You need to be woken up.
And he comes into that jail. He comes into that dark imprisonment. Anybody know what I'm talking about, about dark imprisonments? Does anybody know what it's like to have chains on your hands and you can't get them up in the air to praise him? Anybody know what it's like to be guarded by imps of hell? Don't feel like you've got any liberty at all. Well, the angel of the Lord is coming down. And when the angel came, the guards froze. Light came into darkness. And he began to smite Peter on the side. And he said, Peter, you need to get up quick. Get up quick. Don't get Get up slow. Don't get up hesitating. You need to get up quick. The power of deliverance is getting up quick. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. So he was smitten. When the Lord gives you a command to get up, it's not take your time. You've got to get up quick. Don't hesitate. When God calls you to a place of deliverance, don't hesitate. When God gives an altar call, don't hesitate. You've got to get up quick. Because when you get up quick, the chains fall off. The chains fall off. I believe I'm preaching to some folks here tonight who have no chains on your hands and there's no fetters on your feet and there's no doubt in your mind and there's no fear in your spirit. I feel like the Holy Ghost just told me there's a precious black lady here tonight fighting depression. Man, the devil's lied to you. He's lied to you about your family. He's lied to you about your health. He's lied to you about your future. I want you to know the Lord heard him when he said it. He heard him when he told you. And the Lord has sent me to tell you he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's told you there's no future because he knows there's a future. He's told you there's no joy because he knows there's joy. Somebody needs to step on out and you need to take hold of what the devil has taken away from you. I'm 
going to get up quick. I'm going to get up quick. And when I get up quick, chains are going to fall off. And when those chains fall off, I'm going to let out a shout. And I'm going to wave my hands to the Lord. Chains are going to fall off. There's going to be a deliverance. Unceasing prayer. The power of unceasing prayer is it brings deliverance. No matter how dry the situation is. No matter how bad things look. The power of unceasing prayer is it's a power of deliverance. That's it. Take hold of somebody's hand. Lift it up as high as you can lift it. Pray for one another. David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You need to shout over broken chains. You need to shout over open prison doors. You need to shout over deliverance of your mind. You need to shout over the victory of your family. just a minute everybody just stop where you're at just hold on so the angel says put on your sandals put on your cloak and he began to walk him out Peter thought he was in a vision the Bible said they went through the first ward and they went through the second ward And then they came to an iron gate. This iron gate was known in history as the gate that could not be penetrated. It was a gate that the common criminal could not get through. Many people escaped to the point of the gate, but they couldn't go beyond the gate. Tonight that gate represents your limitation on how far you want to go with God. You can say right now, Brother Tiller, I've gone this far before. I've prayed this hard before, but I can't get through something that happened to me in my past. I remember when I first mentioned this years and years ago, a lady came up to me and said, Brother Tiller, when I was young, I had an abortion and I can't get over it. And every time I begin to break through, I get to that point of breakthrough, going farther than I've ever gone. And all of a sudden, that memory of that abortion comes to my mind and it just pushes me back into that prison that you talked about. She said, I don't know what to do. I said, well, you need to do what Peter did. Man, when you trust the powers of an unceasing prayer, I'm telling you, you just keep walking and you keep praying and that gate's going to open up on its own accord. You're not a prisoner no more. You've been delivered. You let that thing open up. Won't you lift your hands? I want you to go to a place 